Cloudcast Media presents, from the massive studios in Raleigh, North Carolina, this is the Cloudcast with Aaron Delp and Brian Gracely, bringing you the best of cloud computing from around the world. Good morning, good evening, wherever you are, and welcome to episode 112 of the Cloudcast. We're coming to you live from CloudOpen and LinuxCon here in New Orleans. And this week's uh, shows are all sponsored by Open at Citrix and the Linux Foundation. Huge thank you to them. Um, this week we have a good friend of the show over the years here, and actually a video star as of, I don't know, about an hour ago. Yeah. Um, so, Ken, say hey, introduce yourself. Hey, guys. Um, well, thanks for having me on the show. Uh, my name is Kenneth Hoy, and I am currently working at Rackspace on the OpenStack private cloud team. Uh, and prior to that, I actually worked with Aaron at VCE. So. Yep, yep. We go back uh, a number of years and, and share some pain and some some good memories as well from the right. times up in New York City there. So tell us a little bit, first of all, about your role, and then we'll kind of dig into some of the other, like the blogs and some sure. of these other things, right? Because you've got a pretty unique gig. Yeah. They say I do whatever I want. No, <laughs> I'll tell my manager that. Um, so I'm basic, my main role at, um, at Rackspace is we basically have a product we call the Rackspace Private Cloud, and that, that product is actually based on OpenStack. So my job is to go out to various customers and talk to them about cloud computing in general, but uh, OpenStack and Rackspace Private Cloud in particular, mm-hmm. and then once they um, decide to deploy with us, to basically do the design architecture for that. So that's mainly my role. But the other thing I've been um, have been fortunate to be able to do is I've basically been given free reign to go ahead and evangelize OpenStack on behalf of the community and on behalf of Rackspace. So things like coming up here to uh, Cloud Open and giving a talk on OpenStack and sitting down with you and Brian to talk about uh, what I'm seeing. Awesome, awesome. And it's very interesting because uh, following the OpenStack community for a number of years now, the one thing that's always been is, is you know, it kind of embraces VMware, kind of doesn't embrace VMware, and things are starting to come around now. And, and I think you kind of came along at a very nice time because right. um, we share, uh, you know, a very similar VMware-centric background. Right, correct. And... Um, a lot of people just either don't quite grasp what it's like to have OpenStack and vSphere running yep. or, or VMware running under the covers, or, or they immediately kind of look at it and go, well, it's not a cloud if it's running right, vSphere, right. right? And they will immediately propose. Sure, yeah. I, um, yeah. And, but at the same time, that's what a lot of customers are asking for. So there's a, what is the all the talking heads at the conferences want to talk about versus right. what do the customers really want. And so t- share a little bit of your like personal experience with that. Sure. So just a l- as a way of background, I actually got involved with uh, VMware back in the GSX and EXX 2.0 days. Yeah. So I've been at this for a while. Um, and w- at working at VC, obviously, being a VMware um, invested company, that's what my focus is on. So coming to, op- coming to Rackspace and working with OpenStack, it's interesting, right? Because I get to meet, I talk to a lot of people who are kind of pure open source KVM, Linux, OpenStack guys, and and uh, you know, basically, they they think that a um, a cloud should be completely application specific. That you shouldn't care about the infrastructure. That you should assume the infrastructure is going to fail anyway. And 
So the whole idea of having a proprietary hypervisor that does all those failover things for them, that to them doesn't make any sense at all. So, and that's sort of the message, you know, when I came to Rackspace, um, a lot of the focus we had were customers who were, who were basically using all the next-gen apps like MongoDB or Cassandra, and they said, yeah, I just want to use commodity crap, you know, cheap or free hypervisor, and I'll worry about uh, all the failover in HA myself. But uh, now that I've been talking with a lot of enterprise customers, that's a completely different take on things. Right? They, they basically come to me and say, well, KVM sounds great, but I'm running Oracle or I'm running SQL Server, and I can't have any downtime for two seconds. So you, can OpenStack do HA the same way that VMware does? Or they come to me and say, I already invested $20 million on V3 licenses, so you're telling me i got to just basically write that as a loss? And of course, the you know, we've been kind of hemming and hawing because we didn't really have a good response. Um, so recently, though, VMware has kind of made overtures to say, hey, we want to become kind of first-class citizens of OpenStack. We don't want to just be the, the you know, the uh, stepsisters, whatever. Yep. So, so what I'm starting to find is that uh, if OpenStack wants to make it an enterprise, somehow or another, you got to get to, you got to play along nice with vSphere and VMware. Yeah, and I think with the Havana release, it really comes a long way towards interoperability. I've been doing a lot of digging into yeah. that. And um, and I was at VMworld. I went to most of the OpenStack sessions. And I it, it became a little unclear at times. It, was it, did, did HP write all, I shouldn't say all, but the vast majority of the vSphere integrations? Or okay. was it VMware? And who did it? And who? Because they both were claiming credit for it. <laughs> and, and all the code made it back in. So I guess, you know, if I really yeah. want to dig and go see who committed the code, yeah. we could. But honestly, I don't have time for that. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but it, it was really interesting to see, though, um, the pretty much major advancement that happened between Grizzly and Havana when it comes to vSphere integration. Yeah, I, I think... You know, it's interesting because I think, obviously, on the VMware, you know, I, I t- actually had the opportunity to talk with um, the uh, OpenStack team over at VMware you know, about the kind of things they're doing. And, and uh, it's clear to me that they, they feel like, you know, they, they want to make sure that they don't get left out of the game, right? And they've pretty much made a bet that, open, you know, that the alternative to vCloud is going to be OpenStack. Mm-hmm. And they want to make sure they can play well in both areas. Um, and, uh, and so they've, they've done a lot of work integrating those pieces together. At the same time, I think they've been smart in saying that, you know, they, they realize when they go to an enterprise, you know, OpenStack is sort of the, you know, kind of that next cloud type of platform. And, mo- and most enterprise customers aren't even close to that right now, right? And so if we, if we go in and say, well, you want to run OpenStack? We need you to rewrite every application, every application you have currently running in the next six months, and you can go on OpenStack. Right. <laughs> Usually, enterprises go. Then this one they show us the door, right? So, right. so I think where VMware it's being helpful to the OpenStack community is, is to potentially offer like a step ladder, right? Yeah. Where you can say, I'll tell the enterprise just kind of jump, kind of dip your toe into OpenStack, but still use vSphere, so you're not changing everything you have to do. And then maybe over time, right, as they start embracing things like React or Cassandra or Monk or Hadoop. Right then, they can kind of make that leap into the. Into the so, side. I'll kind of parallel that and, and say, what was what was your kind of journey like, or your entry into OpenStack? Because um, you know, 
this isn't something that's been going on for years for you either, right? And, right. and how did you kind of get started? Where did you get started? Sure. And and how you know for the others that are listening out there, they may be interested in, in doing mm-hmm. you know kind of the exact same thing. Yeah, sure. So I, you know, I was fortunate when I was at VC, kind of the last year and a half, I was at at the company. Um, I kind of stopped focusing so much on the VBOC, the the, the the hardware infrastructure, and so I talked thinking more in terms of what the solutions you sell on top. So I um, so I was tasked with kind of looking at vCloud, right? And it's like so kind of when you start looking at vCloud, you can't help but start looking at the competition. So I started looking at things like OpenStack, CloudStack. Um, and getting a chance to play with it, and um, so that's kind of my that was my entryway into the into the open source cloud community. Uh, I'll have to admit when I when I first started doing this a year and a half ago, get, learning OpenStack was about as painful as it can get. Right? <laughs> it's basically it's basically if you don't know how to code in Python, good luck. <laughs> um, so I basically went through the uh, the OpenStack website, kind of pulled on some of their docs, um, and basically just start hacking at it. Right? And it's again, it's, it was extremely painful. I think na- I think the tools have improved quite a bit now, and there's um, actually good ways for you to get started with OpenStack. Kind of learn the technology. One, one thing I would advise any guy person who's a, coming from the fierce side of the house right, and wanting to learn OpenStack is uh, you, you you do need to bone up your Linux skills. That, you know, that, there's more GUIs in place now, tools, but if you want to dig into the the, the meat of it. If you want to do things like configure settings, you, you're going to have to do the command line. You're going to have to know your Linux command. And one thing to keep in mind is that OpenStack isn't one piece of open source Unix-based Linux-based software. It's actually a suite of software that's kind of been cobbled together in a framework. Mm-hmm. So you're touching multiple Linux-based projects. So you better know you better know you know how to do sudo mm-hmm. right, <laughs> or right. how to like uh, work with GitHub. Otherwise, you're going to be you're going to be struggling. Yeah, that, that's that's sort of the, the the basic checklist I've heard from a lot of people is yeah. uh, learn some basic Python. Yep. Get yourself a GitHub account. Understand how yep. that concept works. It's not. Yeah. It's not really an FTP server. It's kind of this dynamic repository. Learn right. how that sort of thing works. Um, like you said, kind of realize that that OpenStack isn't. It's not OpenStack.rpm or OpenStack.exe. Right. I mean, it's. Yeah. 7, 8, 10, 12 different projects depending on how many you want to deal yeah. with and, and you kind of have to understand that. How much, as you were kind of learning it, like how much did you, do you have to sort of unlearn VMware kind of concepts where it's like, okay, uh, high availability works like this or you know, deployability and clustering works like this. Do you, did you find you made analogies between the two and then you kind yeah. of learned the difference or did you kind of have to go, I'm going to not think about it that way. I'm going to kind of learn OpenStack as is or how did you go through that yeah, process? That's, that's so for me, again, because I such a strong, had such a long strong, and strong VMware background, easiest way for me to learn was, in fact, to kind of look at what OpenStack could do and then kind of, in my own head, kind of make some comparisons and say, if... I was going to do it in VMware, how would I do it? Yeah. And, and, and that approach is, I'm, I'm kind of taking it from an architect point of view, right? I'm, you know, how do I, the customer goes, I want to, you know, spin up, I want to cloud, spin up 200, 2,000 VMs, right? How would I approach it? Um, and in that sense, so that why it is, I would, I would take a look how I would do that on the VMware environment and compare it to how I would do that in the OpenStack environment and kind of make those connections, right? Yep. Um, 
I, I would say to, again, anybody in the kind of fee sphere world who wants to get into OpenStack, although some things, like you said, like how do you do HA, whether you can do DRS and DMotion, those things are very different. <laughs> and how the way you would do it is very different. Um, it's important to keep in mind at the end of the day, you're running virtual machines on hardware, right? And it's still an x86 box underneath with, yep. you know, RAM and CPU. So one of the things, like, one of the blogs I've written, I, I kind of try to just demystify a little bit by saying, look, everything you know about how to size a VMware environment actually works in the OpenStack environment, right? At the end of the day, if you have 8 gigs of RAM on a, you and I had this on a server, just the other day. Yeah. Yeah. You can only you can run so many VMs, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? Rather, I, mean, I don't care whether you're KVM or Hyper-V or, or vSphere. Yeah. You, you can only run 8 gigs worth of VMs. So those things still apply. So yeah. I think if you keep that in mind, it's really then just relearning some of the terminology, relearning some of the tools, but the basic concepts of how to architect a virtual environment, it's pretty much the same. Right. So we'll we'll put the we'll put the URL to, to Kenneth's blog in there. Yeah. We've got a bunch of really good stuff lately that's talking about yeah. how does stuff actually work. I think translating some of the discussions you've been having with the VMware team. Yep. You know, where is where does vSphere work? Where do you need vCenter? Where, you know, where's this terminology? Right. Um, you know, the only thing that we get sometimes when we talk to people again that are kind of on the fence about stuff. Sometimes they'll go, well, you know, VMware's ahead in certain areas, right? Mm -hmm. you know, vSphere, vCenter's ahead. But then if you if you think about it and you look at like what VMware announced at the latest VMware, right? Yeah. Software-defined storage yeah. and software-defined networking. Well, some of those concepts at least, you know, functionally have been in OpenStack now for a couple of years, right. you know, at various maturity levels. So, I mean, you know, Swift and, and even Cinder have always been software-defined storage. Right. Uh, you know, right. Quantum and Neutron are basically software-defined networking. It's OBS. So, I mean... There's times when, let's say you say, well, maybe HA isn't the same and not there, but there's also times when you go, well, if this trend towards software-defined is coming, that's kind of already there. And, and so you can't necessarily make a blanket statement of further along, more mature, less mature. It really, yeah. it's like you said, it gets to what are you trying to do, right. and then and then you got to dig into it and, and figure out yeah. what works and doesn't work and, and does what you, or, or does what you want to do the way you want to do it. Yeah, I think it's, it's very important to know, to kind of understand where where the backgrounds of the two are coming from, right? Yeah. So VMware, the, even the whole vCloud suite thing, is really coming up from uh, the single data center, and now they're trying to break out into how do I, how did this actually work in a service provider multi-cloud environment? Where OpenStack's coming in from the other end, right? It's, it started it out as, how do I compete with AWS? Yeah. <laughs> right? In an open source kind of way. So as a result, all the kind of philosophies behind how they design OpenStack kind of makes some assumptions about the fact that you'll be scaling out yeah. uh, everything and that you're going to be using commodity hardware and you're going to be you know, moving workloads back, potentially someday work back and forth. Whereas VMware was very much a, I'm going to stick in a data center, maybe in a rack, <laughs> right? And now they're, to, now they're trying to figure out how to branch that out. So, yeah, um, yeah so in that sense, it's, it's different kind of philosophically. So without having to get into, you know, specific details. So when you go talk to customers, so you've obviously, you've talked to customers, enterprise customers, yes. uh, they've deployed VMware, mm -hmm. maybe they wanted, they, they wanted, over the years, they wanted to expand that. Yeah. And typically that expansion was, how much do I virtualize, which applications can sure. I deal with, and then all the stuff around it, how do I back it up and protect it? Right. And all that. When you go talk to an enterprise 
that for whatever reason wants to talk about OpenStack, yeah. what's that conversation look like? What's the driving factor? Is it about new applications? Is it about cost? Is it about, like, what, 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 what are you hearing driving those conversations? Well, I think a lot of it, cost does come into play. I think there is, um, I, think we're, I think we're moving into uh, a time where, uh, we've been talking about this for a couple of years already, right? right? But a hypervisor is, going to be, is the commodity. Right, so if that is the case, right, then people go, well, um, you know, as long, let's, why don't we start tiering our hypervisors? Do we tier our storage, right? Why, you know, do I, for a, if I'm doing test dev or running a lab, do I really need, you know, premium HA type of stuff from vSphere, or can I get away with just a, a KVM that hosts VMs and pretty much that's all it does, <laughs> right? And so I, that, I get into that conversation a lot with people. I, I just want to. I want to decrease my spend with VMware. Not that, not that I'm getting rid of them, but I want to decrease my spend with them so that, and then kind of bring in KVM in the back end. And, uh, that's one reason. And the other thing I see a lot is obviously a two-vendor strategy. Right? I think that's now that, I think VMware still has like 70, 80% of the market. Mm-hmm. So I think it, for enterprises, it's, um, it's, com- it's a tool they use, right? They can go to VMware and say, look, you know, the, the more money you charge me, the more I'm going to move away from <laughs> yeah, and, and every, large, every large enterprise has whole groups that do nothing but right. vendor management and right. beat up the vendors and get pricing concessions. Yeah, and, and, uh, yeah I mean, it's, it's why you never have somebody with 100% market share. Right. It's why Juniper right. exists for Cisco and why, right. you know, Dell exists with HP or you know, yeah. whatever the market segment is. So, yeah. yeah, but although I would say until, until Hyper-V came along and then... OpenStack and CloudStack, there really wasn't a good alternative. Right, yeah. Right. It, it, had it all. <laughs> KVM does what it does, Zen does what it does, but they're not simple to get up and running. Right. And, and right. you know, as much as people talk about commodity, people pay for docs and they pay for support and they pay right. for, like you said, the easy button sometimes. Yeah. Um, so, very cool. No. So, talk a little bit about, so you've got some things coming up here with the, or at least pending, potentially pending, for yeah. the Hong Kong OpenStack yeah. Summit. Like, talk about some of the stuff you've been doing with the VMware guys or the talks you're going to have, like sure. the things that you've been kind of trying to drive? Yeah, so I mentioned before, I've, I've been fortunate, I got to talk with um, uh, Dan Renlin, who used to be at NYSERA and is now um, obviously folded into VMware and mm-hmm. has been working on the OpenStack integration within vSphere. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he and I, he's actually been quite helpful in some of the things that I've written. Uh, so we were, I had offered to, Essentially, I had offered to submit a talk with him, somebody from his team, uh, for to do um, a talk at the Hong Kong Summit in November. And um, one thing led to another, and uh, what's ended up happening is I've submitted a talk with Scott Lowe. And you know, anyone who's in the VMware community VMware knows who Scott yeah. is. Yeah, yeah. Works with Brad Headland, who we had on a couple weeks yep. ago. Right. So Scott and I are going to hopefully be giving a talk at the summit, kind of uh, almost like a, uh, more like a ra- almost like a. Um, uh, roundtable discussion uh, where we're gonna, where we're going to basically t- hopefully sit with a bunch of VMware admins <laughs> who want to learn who kind of figure out what OpenStack is and say here's what you need to know yeah. right here's what you got to ch- here's what things are going to be the same but here are what's going to change if you want to start incorporating OpenStack yeah. into your into your environment or into your portfolio 
And so earlier, you know, we did a video, and we'll, yeah. we'll get the whiteboard video, we'll get it posted in the show notes, right. where you were talking about kind of how you might interconnect a, a VMware environment into an OpenStack right. environment. Is that something you'll cover potentially in the talk? We may do a little bit of that. I think Dan's team is going to actually has a full-blown demo that, he's, they, that okay. they've submitted as oh, cool. a talk. So, um, so I'll probably sit in on that and heckle them. But <laughs> now, do you, do you expect that? So, like, the, the, the whiteboard you showed us was vSphere, or not, I'm sorry, OpenStack kind of controlling vCenter. I mean, right. you know, well, vCenter would look like a, a branch off of right, a, an right. architecture. Do you think you'll see it in both directions, where if I want to make the VMware operations the center of what I do and OpenStack is a part of it, or do you think it'll always end up being OpenStack has to be the central thing and vSphere is a part of it? You think it'll go both ways? So that's actually part of That was actually addressed at VMworld. The HP section specifically, yeah. they've written the drivers for bi-directional between oh, okay. vCenter and... In terms of having what vCenter control... Yeah, you can make a change in vCenter, oh, oh, and it'll yeah, show up in Nova and vice right. versa. Because so, so that's um, one of the weaknesses right now. Today, right? it's, it's yeah. unidirectional. Yeah. Um, but apparently, as of Havana, right. that will actually become. And is that something? So the big question always becomes: Then is that something VMware will support? Because right. like we've seen in the past, where I mean, Citrix has written. They wrote the original ESX driver for right. OpenStack, and it was like, yeah, but not really supported. I mean. Is the belief that'll get supported by VMware? Yes. Okay. That is the belief. Yeah. No, Will I, it actually happen? I don't know. Yeah. yeah. You know, but, but, but that, in, so in yeah. one of the other VMware sessions, that was VM, VMware, VMware mm-hmm. um, they talked about that exact same okay. set of features and yeah. support going forward and everything. So I'm assuming so, but who knows, right? Yeah, I mean, I think it's fair to say VMware is going to top... Um, Kind of similar to what they're doing with Nicera NXX on the, on the American side, because they're going to adopt a plugin model, right? Basically, yeah. they're going to say, "Here's, well, you know, here's, here's how you're going to plug in vSphere into OpenStack, yeah. right? And then we're going to give you all the APIs. We'll help you kind of write all the integration pieces. Um, as long as you plug into, as long as you don't break the model, right? right. Which is going to be a vSphere cluster centrally managed by vCenter in some way." Yeah. <laughs> So as long as they keep that model, I think VMware will be okay. And, and VMware has always been in a in an interesting spot. It's like there's there's pieces they control, there's pieces they they offer partners to plug in. Right? We've yeah. seen this with storage plugins or right. other some network plugins. Yeah. And now they're kind of in that same boat where it's like, but this is a bigger plugin, right? This is sort of a parallelization yeah. of what they do. Yeah. And so yeah, how they manage it will be interesting over time. Yeah. I mean, I, I, what I'm waiting for is to see. Um, and I haven't talked with them about this, so this is purely like a question I would have. You know, the stuff they're doing like with vSAN? Yeah. You know, where they're doing this distributed, yeah. you, know, when, you know, how long before they decide I want to plug that into OpenStack? Either in, either in Cinder and potentially Swift. Right. Right? right? Because that's, you know, that's more licensing than they can sell. Right. Yeah, and it was, I mean, we, we had the discussion yesterday with the Open Daylight guys. It was, you know, I think we're going to get into a lot of these blurred areas where it's, yeah. you know, take NSX. NSX does a ton of stuff from a controller perspective. Yeah. You know, they do firewall, they do load balancing, right. and then you look at what the, the Neutron guys are doing, and they're saying, well, we do load balancing, and we do firewall, and right. so people are going to have to figure out which group kicks off a function, which group can pick up a function, you yeah. know, when does this 
thing do networking? Does it do storage? Does it, you know, so that'll be an interesting, it'll be interesting to see where you can make trade-offs for your architecture, sure, right? Because sure. I don't think there's necessarily a right place. There's obviously a place certain vendors would like to go, but that may not be where customers want to go. Yeah, and I, I think too, with stuff like NSX and with what Cisco's doing with their Cisco One, I mean, I think the play they're going to come in is they're going to say, well, you know not every customer is going to run OpenStack purely. In fact, a lot of enterprise customers I run to, the kind of approach they're taking is, I may run OpenStack here for a while, but I'm going to run vCloud, not vCloud, at least vCenter, vSphere over here, or Hyper-V or whatever. And the two are going to live alongside each other for for the foreseeable future. Not to to mention they probably want to Interoperate with two or three public clouds for right. pricing or right. geography or something. So someone like NXX, can, they can come and plug in and say, you know what, we become in, in networking in the networking area. We become the centerpiece. You can you plug in OpenStack, you plug in Hyper-V, you plug in vCloud or vCheese or whatever they're calling it these days. <laughs> you know, have at it, right? And it's right. going to be the same interface and the same programming, yep. same APIs. That, I think that's a win for them. Right? Yeah. As opposed to new, where pure Neutron is going to be open stack and nothing else. Right, right. Well, cool, man. Um, so, good to have you on. Great yep. to have another kind of good working example. It, it, it's great that you're still doing this sort of on the fence between VMware, helping VMware people transition or yep. learn or, you know, contributing stuff. Uh, you know, like we talked about, we had Cody Bunch on kind of doing his transition. Yep. He's a co-worker of yours, but you guys are kind of going at it from different backgrounds yep. and um, but it's cool to see that you guys take the approach of just, you know, giving the learning back to the community. Yeah, it's yeah. not a one-man army. It's not a one-man thing. Very, very cool. So um, thanks for coming on. Where can people find out more about the stuff you're doing, your blog? And, sure. And, so I blog uh, semi-regularly <laughs> <laughs> these days uh, at cloudarchitectmusings.com. And we'll put a link in the show notes. Yep. And uh, I'm actually... Uh, I'm actually going to do a series, a couple of blog posts coming up on block storage on OpenStack and kind of how it works with VMC arrays and NetApp filers and stuff. So, again, just trying to bridge the gap a bit between yeah. mm-hmm. the, uh, the the more traditional IT folks and the new cloud folks. The, the, the mucky below the religion stuff. Yeah, that's but, right. Yeah. Um, and then uh, you can follow me on Twitter at uh, uh, hui underscore Kenneth. So, nice. Awesome. All right, before we go, we need to once again thank our sponsors, Open at Citrix, open.citrix.com, and the Linux Foundation, linuxfoundation.org. Uh, if you like the show, please tell a friend and leave us a review on iTunes. You can follow us on Twitter at thecloudcastnet or on the web at thecloudcast.net, where you can find links to everything Cloudcast. Thanks for listening. Thanks.